Hey, Rose, do you ever call up Royally Obsessed on Alexa? It's one of the easiest ways to listen to the pod. You can hear our latest episode every week there, thanks to Amazon Music, which has a full catalog of podcasts, including Royally Obsessed. All you have to do is say, Alexa, play Royally Obsessed on Amazon Music. Oh, no, mine is listening to me say that right at this moment. <laughs> a royal reminder, new episodes drop every Thursday. Tune in on Amazon Music. Now on to the show. Please rise for their majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by! Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen! Welcome back to Royally Obsessed. I'm Caitlin Menza. And I'm Lisa Ryan. And it's time for your weekly update on the royal news you need to know. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Please interact with us. <laughs> Subscribe <laughs> to the podcast and leave us the royal rating of a five-star review. Yeah, seriously. It's cool. It's like about time. It's a cool thing to do. You can send us an email at info at gallerypodcast.com. And this week, we have a very special guest. The most special. Our most favorite. Don't tell the others. Her name is Elizabeth <laughs> Holmes. Maybe you've heard of her. You know, E. Holmes on Instagram. So many thoughts. Just that one. That's no big the, deal. That's the gal. So she's <laughs> going to chat with us about some fashion-y things. Um, but before we get to her, we do have some drama that needs covering. Yes. So this week's Royal Refreshment. And now it's time for the Weekly Royal Cocktail. This week, we are drinking rum and diet. Yeah. It's a throwback to college. Yeah. This is what everyone was drinking in my college. So it's actually Captain Morgan, and I remember being at parties and doing the captain stance. Oh, 100%. And drinking, drinking it. Yeah. So, of course, we've gone on to report on the royals. <laughs> we are regal, and we've always been. Of course, we've gone on to star-studded journalistic careers, <laughs> including this podcast, because we won somewhere on Facebook. There's a photo of us holding up our legs well that's why i deleted my personal one <laughs> it's a it's a good thing to do <laughs> um and we also have oh first we have our listener email yes would you like to read this one yes and it is from our listener brooke and so brooke had an almost royal encounter that she wanted to tell us about um she said that in 2007 um to quote her i went to england with my best friend as she had family there still we weren't in a bustling city but rather a quaint seaside area now this was the end of june so we were in prime royal season and on top of that they were preparing for a concert in princess diana's honor on what would have been her 46th birthday do you remember that year i remember I that's when kate middleton went and it was like when they had just gotten back together yeah right so a good time yeah okay so back into the email in true teenage fashion, we spent the entire flight talking about how we were going to run into Wills and Harry, fall in love and get married. I had always been a Harry lover myself. So as a far more removed Brit, I thought they would absolutely let me marry in. He's not in line to be king. Since my friend fancied Wills and had dual citizenship, jealous, she was the obvious choice for future <laughs> princess. Well, we stopped at a grocery store one day. And everyone is still buzzing because who had just been there at that exact grocery store mere days before? Wills and Harry. We were so upset that we had not seen them. Alas, no actual sightings, but we were close. I even told my dad, who is a pilot, and I thought he would be thrilled about this, that I was going to go to Canada where Prince Harry was doing some helicopter training when I returned home. When Harry and Meghan announced their engagement, both my mom and sister called me to console me. I jokingly told them, I always knew he would marry an American. I just thought it would be me. <laughs> and uh, Brooke signed off is amazing. She said, as I typed this, my fiance just exclaimed, well, now I'm royally upset. 
<laughs> love him. God save the pod, best Brooke. Um, that's so lovely. And she said, P.S. I do not have an accent, but I've watched BBC shows since I was a child and I've always called my mother mom or mama. Should have known I would be an Anglophile then. <laughs> that's cute. True. I love that. True. And so we have This Week in Royal History. And now, This Week in Royal History. Yes, it's a wacky one. We're back to recent events. Yeah, you know, we went all the way back to 26 years ago. So now it's like, for, it's time for recent history. Yes. So this week, four years ago, uh, the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge met Beyonce and Jay-Z. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we love it so much. So they were at the Brooklyn Nets game at Barclays Center in Brooklyn, which is... Close. I was there this morning. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a major transit hub for New Yorkers. There's like... 10 subways that all meet there so it's just like very convenient it's close to where i live when i used to date a hockey guy he, we went to hockey games there all the time like i've spent lots of time there so i i guess have almost had a royal encounter in that i was there later yeah you, you definitely breathed air that has been breathed by the cambridges so yeah something and so what's fun is our guest elizabeth holmes was actually there so we're going to ask her about that a little bit later so we'll get into that a little more but yeah everyone december 9th 2014 can you believe a it? Blessed day. Also, not for nothing, I would they can come back to New York. Yeah. That was a great visit overall. Um, I loved that Cambridge visit to New York City. Um, but they can come back at any time. Again, I have a big pull-out bed in my apartment. Like my couch pulls out. So that's an option. Hmm. Um, I also like to I've mentioned this in the spring, but the moment that uh Kate and Beyonce met that photo, those like slightly awkward photos, my best friend from my birthday this spring had that image put on a cookie and she had like three dozen cookies delivered to my desk at work. I'm sorry, do you mean your other best friend? <laughs> well, listen, have you ever sent me cookies with Kate Middleton's face on them? Think about that, Lisa. Sorry, I'm not Brittany. Think about that. <laughs> um, but it was lovely. Everyone's encouraged to do that. Yeah. So before we chat with Elizabeth, we have a quick Megan update. Uh, her dad... We're like upbeat going into this. And then I just felt like my whole body just collapsed downward. We need to do like our Duchess slant and sit up straight. But <sighs> yeah, her dad is talking again to the Daily Mail. Another exclusive interview. Although they put at the very bottom that he did not ask for or receive payment for the interview just to show that he was doing it for good reasons, which is BS. Excre extremely questionable. Yeah. Like who is that defending the Daily Mail or Thomas Markle? Mm -hmm. So he basically said that he was doing this interview to dispel rumors again about him. And he's like, I did have heart surgery. I was at Megan's first wedding. I did this. I did that. I'm not this. I'm not that. And then also to try to get Megan to talk to him. He's like, I've texted her and she won't text me back. I sent Doria, her mother, a letter and I've not heard back. And so the only thing I can do is this nope that's not correct that's yes. not even kind of right yeah it's completely false and then he also gave like this truly infuriating quote which i am going to censor because i do not want to get bleeped again i've already been through that <laughs> <laughs> he said everyone says why don't i just shut the f up that megan can't speak to me because i'll give away secrets but that's bs and then he gave, gave away secrets. Like, he yeah. did the exact same thing. Like, so, yeah, he's like, oh, why won't she talk to me? I'm trying really hard to change. I won't give anything away. And then he goes forth with the most horrifying personal details. Like, he revealed the save the date to her first wedding, which was yeah. in Jamaica, which is just, like, so personal and gross to do. And a lot of details from her wedding, which, by the way, sounds awesome. Yes, yes. Well, okay, so... 
speaking of the awesomeness of this wedding, I do have to mention this because it is what's in the news. It's a little indelicate, um, and which is why it's especially gross. So he talked, he just, I had never heard this before, obviously. He revealed allegedly that Megan and her first husband, Trevor, that they gave out bags of marijuana as a favor at their wedding in Jamaica. So what do we do with that? He said that he doesn't think she's... Like, yeah, he was like, I it. didn't partake and I don't think Megan does drugs, but she certainly gave it away at her wedding, which like, are you trying to like, what are you trying to say now? You've already unleashed the dragon. Like you said a terrible thing. And now you're like, well, I'm sure she doesn't. She's not smoking weed now. I'm like, what? Well, obviously, what what's what is actually wrong with you? What What kind of accusation is that to make in the press about your daughter? Like. Obviously, that's not very royal. The save the date wasn't especially royal. It's like her lying on the beach with a beer. Um, first of all, Meghan Markle sounds awesome. She sounds really <laughs> laid back. Like, I'm your mileage may vary on how awesome she sounds after that. Like, I think what he said is absolutely disgusting. But if you want to portray her as like a relaxed person <laughs> who has fun at parties, yeah, but it's just been fine. It's, I'm so sick of this. I'm sick of like having to talk about him i'm sick of having to think about him i'm sick of imagining what she's going through every time he does this it's abusive it's horrible it's manipulation it's an attack i just i think it's so gross I, and it's just so toxic and i don't know again like i don't want to extrapolate but i feel like everybody might have a bad family like everybody out there listening might have a bad family member who you're just like this is what you would be like if i got suddenly famous you would like yeah. come out of the woodwork and say terrible things about me because i just know you're thinking them and in this case it's her actual father and she's preparing for parenthood and she's so excited and to say these things in the press is so nasty and it just goes to show that like he's over here being like i just wonder why she won't reach out to me or like let me talk to her and you're like you know why i'm such a victim i'm such a victim and not for nothing this uh cosmo article reminds us that samantha markle who has been quiet the last couple of months is planning to release her tell-all book about Meghan markle in april when the baby comes so what is wrong with these two i think the fact that megan is just such a remarkable human who has accomplished so many things and is I think she's very phenomenal. And I think that just goes to show like what a great person she is because she's had to grow up despite all of this. Like she's had to yeah. achieve everything she had despite these people. So, so good know. for her. I'm even more impressed. Yeah. Oh, also one more disgusting detail. Thomas said, I didn't do the drugs, but I kept the baggie and I put it on top of one of my Emmys at home. Are you who are you trying to impress? Like Okay, so you have an Emmy, Thomas Merkel, great for you. But then your, like, humble brag is that you put a drug baggie on top of it. An alleged drug baggie that you brought on the airplane. Like, all right, that's fine. Mm -hmm. What a charming, charming gentleman. Like, what a horrifying family. I'm so glad she's rid of them. Sort horrifying. of. And then another Megan update is... We were seeing all these headlines about how another assistant quit. Megan loses another staffer because, of course, this is coming on the heels of stories that she works too hard and is too demanding, a.k.a. she wakes up and wants to work. Right. <laughs> the worst. <laughs> she loves her job. Um, but it turns out it's actually the private secretary, Samantha Cohen, who is always temporary, is leaving at the time that she was always going to leave. Yeah. 
Apparently, she was, you know, she's worked for the royals for 17 years and she was not supposed to continue working for them. But when, you know, the last year was obviously pretty crazy and she agreed to stay on to help Meghan's transition. Mm-hmm. Um, so she has let it be known, as the Sunday Times called it, um, that she intends to leave after Meghan's baby is born. Um, so it's like not great timing that this report is coming out because we just had the other person quit. Um but it's just one of those like non stories because she was always leaving and it's just, it's just being reported now. Yeah. And Katie Nichol at Vanity Fair writes that about um, Harry and Meghan. They're very involved in the process and will be shortlisting and interviewing potential candidates for the new year. The idea is that we'll, they will each have a private secretary and Meghan is keen to hire a woman. Guess what? I'm a woman. <laughs> I was going to say as negative as like the framing of this story is, I would like us to focus on the bright light, which is that the Sussex family is hiring. Yes. And all, you know, we've been reading so much about Frogmore Cottage with its yoga studio and what have you. We could be in that yoga studio. Okay. We accept. (laughs) We accept. I know that visa issues are are difficult to work out, especially these days, but we're ready. I'm ready to give up everything to move there. Goodbye. Bye. It's not hard. I can think of just the right person who might join us when we move across the pond. Oh, who? (laughs) That person is Elizabeth Holmes, uh, the journalist and royals enthusiast who created the franchise So Many Thoughts on her Instagram stories, where she shares her many thoughts about the outfits of William and Kate and Meghan and Harry. And the antics. (laughs) And the antics. Welcome, Elizabeth. Hi, ladies. How's it been going? You know, it's just uh, the royals are keeping us all so busy. (laughs) So busy. That's why we have a drink. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I need one. Yeah. (laughs) So earlier with our This Week in Royal History, we were talking about the time that Kate Middleton and Prince William met Beyonce and Jay-Z. And one thing that I learned about you recently from looking at your Instagram story on E. Holmes is that you were there. I was there. (laughs) So you covered that whole trip of... William and Kate in New York. So can you tell us what that was like? And then especially focusing on that Beyonce moment. (laughs) Yes, of course. Um, So I was still on staff at the Wall Street Journal. And I put in my, uh, you know, as soon as I heard that they were coming to town, (laughs) I I raised my hand so high uh, to be able to cover cover their visit. And not only so I saw earlier that day, I saw Kate um, at a reception, and I just sort of stood there and watched her for about (laughs) 30 minutes, make small talk. And then later that night, I took the subway to Brooklyn. And I, I like literally bought a ticket. And I I sat in the cheap seats with a slice of pizza and I just <laughs> watched them on the jumbotron like look adorably awkward and watch the game and the whole time we were like when's it gonna happen because we knew Beyonce and Jay-Z were there and it was just sort of a question as to when this meeting would take place and then it was just I think it was in the middle of like the fourth quarter or something or it was it, it was not at sort of a set time but it was a, a, like a stop in the game and then they just got up and sort of <laughs> crossed the court and everybody went nuts because of it's like American royalty, meet British royalty and everybody. You know, I mean, it was it was only a couple of minutes, but it was pretty amazing to witness. Yeah, it really feels like two kingdoms coming together. Yes. <laughs> and and Kate like sort of towered over Beyonce, which I, you know, I feel like they're both such statuesque figures in our mind. It was a really adorable sort of moment because they were both like a little nervous, maybe I think I'm projecting here, but um, it made them all seem very human to me. 
Yes, because they're both like, especially now, you know, obviously we're Royals fans and especially now they seem not like real humans to me. And Beyonce is obviously not of this earth. So the (laughs) idea of these two people being actually like these two sets of people being nervous around each other is like insane to wrap your head around. Because like how many people in this world make Beyonce nervous? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I know. And on the fashion angle, I also remember Kate looking like a little awkward because she's at a basketball game and she's wearing like a tweed blazery cardigan thing like she just looks yes. so stiff and british <laughs> well and she was pregnant with um right she was pregnant with charlotte then i, remember I think that. so yeah. yeah but not like not super like visibly pregnant just enough to be kind of uncomfortably pregnant too yeah. and so she was sitting there and, I, and everyone was trying to guess what jean she was wearing and yeah but she did look <laughs> she looked very kate very british yes uh, it was great yeah and we're so excited to have you on this week of all weeks because last night monday night we were given like the greatest gift we could ever possibly have, which was <laughs> Meghan Markle appearing under the spotlight to quote Jessica Mulroney, the angel. <laughs> yes, my angel, poised, grace, personified. In at the British Fashion Awards. So we are so excited to ask you about this because like, what are your thoughts on this? We need to know. It needs a lot of unpacking. I, it does. It needs a lot of unpacking. I just sort of gasped when I saw the pictures because they were so well staged. Mm-hmm. Kensington Palace is getting really good at the photo ops. I mean, first last week we had Kate um, with that like fake snow moment behind her, which yes. was so amazing. Yes. And then, you know, appears Megan the angel cradling her bump with two hands. And it was just, I couldn't believe it. I was like, you guys you know, you know, gold star to whomever planned this. But it sounds like it was really a surprise um, to the people in attendance and even to Claire, um, who she was giving the award to. And so to pull that off, I think, um, is really notable. But I was interested in the fact that, you know, in in the political scene going on over across the pond right now, it sounds like things are pretty messy uh, with Brexit. And this was the perfect distraction. I mean, out comes Megan. We haven't really seen her with her like full fledged bump. There's been a couple of paparazzi shots. Right. But like we hadn't had a chance to really like stare at it for a minute. <laughs> yeah. And she looked so gorgeous. I mean, she just looked perfect. That Givenchy dress, just that one shoulder showed off her beautifully toned arms and glowing skin and the super simple hair pulled back in that sleek bun. I just loved it. I mean, she just, <laughs> she was on stage, I think for like five minutes, but it was the dose of Royals that I think the world needed. Yeah. I all I kept thinking was like star power, like, wow, like this woman walks out and everything goes nuts. And I would like to I mean, of all the places to start, I actually would love to talk about her beauty look because I was so surprised. And that's what really struck me. Like, yes, the dress is gorgeous um, and it was exactly right for her changing figure. And but I was really struck by the makeup and hair because it almost looks like she's not wearing any makeup. There's no like special lip. She's not doing that glittery thing that she's been doing recently. She just looked like glow like earth goddess and I'm just wondering like how major was that in the overall look I think it was a key part of it because she just sort of stood in that spotlight and shone and I think she's realizing too that 
you don't need to do a lot on the worldwide stage, that sometimes keeping it simple is really the best call because it's just such a singular, clear message. By having her hair back, there was no sort of distraction with the tendrils coming down. Her, you know, I mean, I, I always love a bold lip, but that's not a royal thing. And so just to have a really clean face and then, you know, that dark Manny <laughs> around yes. the world <laughs> yes. that I just swooned over, I was just, I loved all of it. So two things about the Manny. One, we had a lot of listeners like tag us in that overnight. So thank you, listeners, because everybody yes. was like, are you seeing the Manny? <laughs> um, which, yes, I, I I swear to you, I don't know if I would have noticed it if people didn't call it out. And then, of course, like today, there were tons, all the coverage from women's sites and from newspapers was Megan Breaks Royal Protocol. Now, I know because I've actually written stories like this with that headline, Breaks Royal Protocol, because we love imagining what we think are the rules and then having Megan break them. Um, but how odd is it for her to be wearing dun 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 dark nail polish? <laughs> I mean, this sounds so crazy. I don't think it's actually royal protocol. I think the preferred nail polish shade of the royals is a clear or a nude, right? Because it just, that's very simple. It's very classic. And so a lot has been made over the fact that Megan, who in her pre-royal life rocked a great Manny, has not been able to do so since then. And I think the beauty of this is how sparingly it's done because, right, she hasn't had this. And so she steps out with a dark, a dark Manny and we all kind of go nuts for it. And I thought it was actually really, really lovely. All of last night seemed like a return to Megan pre-royals, like the fact that she stepped into that photo booth, the fact that she got to, you know, speak on stage in front of people. She felt very in her element. And the dark Manny, I thought, was a great, <laughs> a great addition to that. Plus, I mean, this was a hand photo op. She was aggressively cradling that bump with two hands. And so you, you should have a good Manny if you're going to, if you're going to do that. Yes, I think that if people haven't watched the video, they would just think, oh, maybe she held it for a second. Like she's done a couple of times. I mean, usually it's for at least a few seconds, but this was not a second. This was like <laughs> three solid minutes, basically. Yeah. Well, Claire was, Keller was talking the whole time. Mm -hmm. It was prolonged cupping <laughs> of mm -hmm. the belly. And as somebody who's had two children, I, I will say that it, the... It, it is sort of instinctual to cradle the bump, right? And I'm sure, you know, babies in the womb tend to go nuts at the moment that you don't want them to. And so <laughs> I'm sure perhaps she felt a little movement too and rubbing can help calm it down. But all of this was just uh, far and away more than I've ever seen a pregnant woman do, especially the two-hand approach. A lot of people just cup the underside or the top of it just to sh remind the world that, you know, you do have something growing in there and it's not just you know, you're looking bigger than your usual self. But I was just, the videos of her aggressively rubbing, you know, the top and the bottom and the laughing and all of it. I mean, she was there. She was there to cradle that bump and she she did it very well. I, I hate to sort of go here, but here I am. I'm wondering <laughs> what you think of if she was trying to send any sort of PR message there or like political message there, because obviously the last couple of weeks we've had a lot of drama um, between the brothers, between her and Kate, or at least rumored drama. And now she just like appears from the sky looking like an angel and carrying an heir to England. And it just felt like she was trying to send a message. Well, I think you know, between her appearance last night and Kate and William out today, I think the royals are trying to diffuse all of this by just, 
you know, doing what they do, which is to step out and to look wonderful and to bring attention to causes that they believe in. And I think that's the only way to kind of shift the narrative here, because these rumors are are overtaking, you know, the royal gossip of late. And I think the best thing Megan can do is look fantastic and step out and remind the world that she's... <laughs> A, pr- a pregnant princess, for lack of a better term, and to just everybody take a deep breath and just enjoy. <laughs> yeah. We might have some more questions about drama, unfortunately, fortunately. But first, I wanted to actually ask you with your fashion cred, can you tell us a bit more about how rare it is for Megan to appear at an award show like this and at a fashion industry event? Because I certainly here haven't heard of the British Fashion Awards. And I'm wondering how rare it is or how out of character it is for the royals to attend something like this. This was a really big get for, for the <laughs> British Fashion Awards. I think that, you know, I mean, this is a big night in the British fashion scene, but I wouldn't necessarily say it's a big awards night watched worldwide, right? Like, I don't think if you're not in the fashion industry, you probably wouldn't be familiar with this night. One dig that um, I've heard about Megan is that she is not supporting, in some people's minds, she's not supporting the British fashion industry as much as she could. She tends to wear, well, certainly on the tour, she wore a lot of Australian uh, designers and designers from the region down there. And she tends to wear a lot of American names and Canadian labels. And so at least in the British fashion scene, from what I've heard, are some grumblings that she's not doing enough. And this seemed to me to be a very strategic moment for her to sort of step out and be a member of that community. And then also with what she said when she was presenting the award to Claire Waite Keller, she spoke of kindness. She spoke of um, fashion, showing your emotion. And I felt like it was... It was a big thing like yeah. for her to say all of that amid all of this drama where she's just kind of like, let's mm-hmm. be nice. Yeah. Yes. I think that was two barrel. I think the part one of that was definitely addressing the sort of the feuding rumors and how nasty it's gotten. And part two, I think it's a, it's always good to remind people that the clothing choices they make are very purposeful, that they are out there picking designers thoughtfully because they use their clothes and accessories as a way to sort of speak when they can't speak. And it was, it, I, I really liked that, that, that one, two punch there. I thought she accomplished a lot with the, with that short speech. Excellent. And so now we wanted to ask you about the drama because, of course, we watch every single one of your so many thoughts. And so we're always like, oh, this is what Elizabeth has to say. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, The Sun came out with another um, Emily Andrews article uh, over the weekend. And it suggested that the drama is not between Megan and Kate. It's actually between the boys. And I thought that you had some really great thoughts about this. So I kind of wanted your insight into what might actually be happening with all these rumors. Well, I loved that piece for shifting the narrative away from Megan and Kate, you know, feuding themselves or even instigating all of this and shifting it back to William and Harry, where, I, you know, I, I do think that this is their their sort of tension to deal with and their sort of game to play here. I think obviously Emily Andrews is a respected royal reporter. A lot of us royal enthusiasts follow her and really like what she has to say. She had that big scoop um, 
with Harry and Meghan moving to Windsor. And to follow up with this, I was sort of taken aback by the story, just in that everybody kind of came off looking <laughs> a little bit not great. You know, I mean, it, it wasn't just, it didn't sort of lay the blame squarely on one member of the Fab Four. They all sort of played their part. Um, you know, Harry, I think, actually came off uh, looking perhaps the roughest um, in his defending of his wife and, you know, sort of insisting on things on her behalf. Um, I think, again, I think this is all really normal. <laughs> I think that joining a family is a difficult thing. I think being a royal is a difficult thing. So you put those two things together and it sounds like it would be really hard. I think it's unrealistic to expect all four of them to just get along swimmingly from the start and want to like live next door to each other and raise their kids together. They also have very different futures ahead of them. And so I don't blame Meghan and Harry for wanting to sort of forge their own path and do as much as they can in the time that they have. Because as you know, the ABC uh, special that you guys participated in and reminded us, <laughs> at a certain point, we're all going to shift, right? And we're going to focus on George and Charlotte and Louis. And so you think about these other members of the royal family, like Meghan and Harry are going to sort of perhaps fade a little bit. And so I think Megan and Harry want to do what they can in the time that they have. There also so much has happened in the last year. It makes me dizzy to think mm -hmm. about it from the engagement to the wedding and now the pregnancy and the upcoming birth. I mean, a lot of, t a lot has happened in a short amount of time. So I think there's bound to be some tension and I do think William and Harry will figure it out. Okay. Well, that brings us beautifully to the concept that now here we are at the end of the year and Meghan Markle has had quite a year. Um, <laughs> and would you share with us your thoughts on her best fashion looks from this year and maybe some lessons that you think she has learned about fashion? Oh, interesting. Um, I would say that the the Monday night was a was a great moment for her. I think that she's sort of hitting her stride in that super glam arena. Certainly, the Oscar de la Renta from the tour, that beautiful tulle bird dress, was a oh real gosh. standout yes. moment. Yeah, <laughs> I know, yes. I know. I think anything that highlights her arms and her ankles, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's a real win. Um, I do think that she, it was interesting after the royal wedding and we saw that sort of parade of blush dresses and then we saw a lot of the same sort of styles with boat necks and things like that. I'm glad to see that she's broken out of all of that and that she's changing it up a little bit more. I think she's learning which designers suit her best. I think fit remains a little bit of an issue sometimes and that's something that, um, not to compare, but Kate mm -hmm. really nails. And so it is hard to see sometimes when Megan steps out in something that doesn't fit. But again, I think that's something that comes with time. You know I mean? She's, she's still so new at this that um, I think she'll certainly find her footing. Um, but Monday night was a real, that was a real showstopper. And as you know, at, at the point she is in her pregnancy, that's a, that's a hard time to have a showstopper look. So I was, I was really pleased to see that. I like that. Yeah. And also in that same vein, when you talk about not wanting to compare the women, there were so many comparisons last week when Kate step, stepped out in the sailor pants. Yes. She yes. wore pants that were just not they didn't scream Meghan Markle to me. They screamed Jessica Mulroney specifically. <laughs> I was like, those are Mulroney pants. So I'm not doing a comparison between the two duchesses. I'm doing a comparison between Kate and Jessica Mulroney. That's what that said to me. What did you think of that look? Well, a lot of people said, you know, she's wearing Megan's pants. Oh, my God. And a lot has been made of Megan taking style cues from Kate. So I was actually glad to see 
Kate seemingly taking style cues from Megan. And then today, I don't know if you guys saw, Kate stepped out in a polka dot dress. It was her third polka dot shift dress in the last mm-hmm. three months. And so it oh. had a little element of slideshowness to me. I was like, oh, you're seeing here what consistent pieces can do to sort of build a brand. And so I do think that the women are learning from one another. I think that, you know, maybe they don't have to be best friends sitting in their pajamas, you know, drinking champagne and talking about what they're going to wear. But I do think that they're learning from one another and seeing the resulting style coverage and taking some tips in terms of what works. I loved seeing Kate in those pants. I thought that blazer and those pants looked fantastic. Um, Kate, it looks fantastic in <laughs> just mm-hmm. about anything, but seeing her wear pants, you know, is such a change from her usual sort of midi, mini length dress um, that I thought it was sort of refreshing to the eye. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And you've also been very vocal of your love of Kate wearing a bow in her hair. And now <laughs> yes. when we go through your feed, we just see so many people sending you their bows in their hair. And when you went to a holiday party recently, I'm not sure what holiday party because I don't want to intrude in your personal life but you looked amazing and you had a bow and yes. i'm just i'm loving all the bow coverage yes <laughs> the bow thing has taken out a life of its own for sure i think when kate first stepped out with that bow she was wearing that maroon skirt suit and she had worn it twice before and i think the trick for her when she does a repeat is to change up the styling of it and that is such a simple thing to do you know just add a hair accessory and i think unlike you know, some of the fancier pieces the Royals wear that, you know, a lot of us could never buy, or even the more accessibly priced pieces like the J. Crew boots, those tend to sell out really quickly. But something as simple as a velvet, a black velvet bow, anybody can wear. You can buy it at J. Crew, you can buy it at Target, you can make it yourself. You know, you can go to the craft store and get a spool of black velvet ribbon. And so I think everybody saw this moment and was like, wait a minute, I can do this too. And it's the perfect time of year. Everybody has holiday parties happening. I happen to go to my husband's and I I was like, I'm going to rock a bow. And it was a tech party. And I was I, I was the only person in a crowd of a thousand wearing a black velvet bow. But I felt like I was representing sort of the royal enthusiast crowd because I think it's just something that's so easy to do and something that's so fun, really. I think a lot of women don't feel like they have permission to feel super girlish or maybe feminine in the way that a bow makes you feel. And so by seeing Kate step out and do it, everybody just sort of thought, okay, maybe I'm going to give this a try too. And like, I love it. I think, <laughs> I think we have a sort of a limited amount of runway time for the bow. I think after the holiday season, it might be a little bit harder to pull off. But for right now, I think I would encourage everybody to give a bow a try. I love that. That's such a great point about its its accessibility. Because even a J. Crew booty is maybe out of reach for some people. But like a bow is one of the few. First of all, one of the first one of the few trends that the Royals can set that we can pick up on that everyone can pick up on, and also that usually they're not allowed to veer so harshly so they don't get to create trends like Kate Middleton's never going to start doing purple lips and then purple lipstick starts flying off the shelf like it's this is the small window she gets yes and it's something that I think you know it was on the runways a couple of years ago and so it had time to trickle down to the mass retailers so it's it was her timing was really great because it was not just you know at the high end it was certainly at Target or J Crew here in the states and so I think that she just nailed that timing. And also it just is fun. Like (laughs) we all need some fun in our lives right now. And so if making, you know, if if tying a black bow in your hair (laughs) makes you have a better day, then I, I say go for it. 
I love that. Um, Well, as we are at the end of the year, I was wondering if you could help us set some style resolutions for Megan and Kate in the new year or just things you would like to see. I don't want to tell them what to do. They're doing a pretty good job on their own. (laughs) But what would you wish to see or what would you love to see from them in 2019? I'm really excited to see more of Megan's maternity style. I feel like the tour wasn't really a good opportunity because I know this is a controversial opinion, but she didn't really have a bump then, you know I mean? It was like too soon, I think. But now, as we saw last night, she definitely does. And so I'm excited to see her step out uh, in more sort of day wear and things that um, pregnant women here (laughs) can, you know, take, take tips from. I do think... I worry a little bit about fit because she she's always had some issues with fit. But I think um, if she sort of embraces maternity wear, there's a lot of stretch involved there. So I think that will help for sure. I would love to see her in more, I would say, uh, to have some fun with fashion. You know, I feel like sometimes she is... Um, very minimal or restrained. And I think there's a chance, especially when you're pregnant, to be a little experimental. Um, And I hope she doesn't play it too safe. And that I would say with Kate too, I do think Megan is really pushing Kate to some new places. I was worried before she came back from maternity leave that she was going to get super mumsy because... So those pieces, <laughs> I can't get over she had the head, She had the headband face. Yeah, head that, that was a hard one. Um, but I do think that she's sort of, um, that Megan is pushing Kate. Kate's, Kate's streak of repeats is really fascinating to me. I think it's um, trying to really send a message about how sensible and practical she is. And uh, But I do love when she had, she's had some wow moments um, when she breaks out of her. And so I'm excited to see that too. I think... Um, I mean, she wore a cropped sweater last week. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. And I feel like that. I'm still not that blue McQueen from um, what I forget what reception that was. That that insane sort of taffeta blue McQueen oh, situation with the tiara. The Jessica yes. McClintocky one, as I yes. called it, <laughs> and continue yes. to call I it. Mean, it was just or the Samantha doll air dem dress. Yes. Yes. Kate had some real, she really swung for the fences a couple of times there. And I love that because I don't, that's not something I, I think we've seen a lot from her in the past. And so I'm excited to see, if, you know, just keep doing that, Kate. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much yes. for coming on, Elizabeth. We are such huge fans of yours and we assume all of our listeners are because we keep on hearing from them about yes. how much they love you. So yes, absolutely. <laughs> we assume everybody has so many thoughts about you. <laughs> Well, so many thanks to you, ladies. I love your podcast. I'm a oh, loyal listener you. every week. And thank so you. it's a thrill to be here. Aww. All right. <laughs> Happy 2019. <laughs> thanks. And to you too. Before we adjourn the Royal Pod, let's do some highs and lows. It's time for the Royal Highs and Lows. Okay, I'm going to pick the best high. So I'm really sorry because this is probably your Uh-oh. high. Megan, Monday night in the Givenchy at the Fashion Awards, like, hello. <laughs> hello. You can have it because I have another one. Oh, my God. What is it? I know. I prepared this. Um, Meghan Markle appeared on the short list of Time Magazine's 10 People of the Year. Um, they officially released it today, Tuesday, that their their person of the year was the journalists around the world, um, the guardians of the truth and of democracy, focusing particularly on uh, Jamal Khashoggi. Um so they released their list and Megan was not on the cover, but she was on their short list. And we can all agree that Meghan Markle had a major impact on this year around the world. 
a, a pretty major impact on my life and on yours. Yes, I can't wait to work for her. I go where I'm moving to the UK. <laughs> this is how I'm telling my family. Um, so I just thought it was such a, you know, obviously she's important to me and she's important to listeners and things. And But it's just a reminder that, of course, this woman is having a major impact all around the globe. Mm-hmm. So her name is right there alongside Vladimir Putin and Donald Trump. Um, Which is not to say she's the same as them. (laughs) She just she's impacting things. So I liked that a lot. So my low is going to be the Markle BS. Not to make this an entire Megan episode, but I just I'm so sick of her abusive family. Yeah. Well, I have a a low that is not Markle related, but might upset you anyway. Ooh, I know. Um, So Kate Middleton went outside today. Um, She made an appearance today, and she was wearing, as Elizabeth mentioned, a polka dot dress. And it was green polka dot. And we've seen her like in a maroon polka dot and in a navy polka dot in the last couple of months, which is fine. I love me a polka dot. What (laughs) bothered me was actually that she, you know, she always wears nude shoes, which people get kind of bored of. So she's like, I'll switch it up. And she wore green shoes. The green shoes are olive green. Her dress is like hunter green. Okay. (laughs) This sounds like a you problem. (laughs) Listen, I, it might sound nitpicky. She just looked so cute. Otherwise, the hair was bouncing. The dress was so cute. The shoes don't match. And she never has that problem. Yeah, that's true. She never doesn't match. Yeah, it's like it was just it was such a wrong color that I just was like, why did you why did you do this to me? Why did you do this to me? Well, (laughs) again, it sounds like a Caitlin problem. (laughs) Uh, It was a different Kate M problem. That's all. Um, but sorry, Kate, I just didn't love it. Work mm. on that. Just work on that in the new year. Um, but yeah, so that's my low. Um, you guys can drop us an email at info at gallerypodcast.com. Send us any questions you would like us to address, any comments, especially if they're nice. Remember <laughs> to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And now we have a review from a very special person, <laughs> <laughs> from um, Alyssa, who we read her letter last week. She's so smart. She's so smart. Our friend from Cambridge Um took the extra step of not just emailing us but leaving us a review so lisa she writes <laughs> every week starts with a weekly royal cocktail and a chat between two well-informed friends the whole hour goes down like a mimosa goes down like a mimosa mic drop Alyssa. <laughs> where are you come hang oh goes down like a mimosa we should have mimosas next week I don't think we've done that. We did Bellinis for Princess Diana. We did a screwdriver before when we found some extra orange juice. (laughs) (laughs) We've we've gotten very close to Mimosa, but not all the way there. But that's an excellent suggestion. Yes. Um, You can follow the show on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Lisa, where can listeners find you? Lisa Raya on Twitter and Instagram. Excellent. And you're writing? The Cut. Excellent. You've also been writing lots of Meghan Markle like year end review kind of coverage. So you can take Lisa in so many different ways. <laughs> My li- whole life is Markle. Yeah, her whole life is Markle. You can listen to this, but you can also go find her articles about Meghan Markle on thecut.com. Um, you can follow me, Caitlin, at HeyKmenz, H-E-Y-K-M-E-N-Z on Twitter and Instagram and read my writing at CaitlinMenza.com. <laughs> Um, that's the, that's how you can remember it. Um, .com. <laughs> until next week. God save the pod. .com. .com. <laughs> it just came to me. What can I say? Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. 
Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.